0: Hi, I'm Emma, and I'm Hillary, and this is Probably Not Lupus, where we discuss medical mysteries and entertain you with curious and uncommon case studies.
1: These are based on mostly true stories collected from real people, history, journals, and fellow doctors. To protect privacy, names, dates, and locations may have been altered.
0: Get ready for your medical mystery bolus. Probably Not Lupus is a show about our favorite medical mysteries. Nothing the hosts say should be taken for medical advice or opinion. We are not experts, nor are we journalists. It's just for fun, so enjoy. For almost a decade, 34-year-old Amanda had been dealing with things like progressive pain and fatigue, rashes, and dozens of other unexplained symptoms. Even stranger, Amanda is one of thousands of women she found online suffering from these same random and vague symptoms. Things like joint and muscle pain, brain fog, dry eyes and dry mouth. Dr. Summer Black, a board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon, believes she knows what these women have in common. Breast implant illness. Okay. Welcome to the first episode of the Probably Not Lupus podcast with myself, Hillary, and I'm Emma. We're so excited. We are very excited. It's our first episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the interesting and controversial topic of breast implant illness. So if we want to talk about the history of this disease, and actually, I should start by saying that this isn't actually considered a disease by medical professionals right now. Uh, right now it more represents a constellation of symptoms that might be a disease that needs further researching and initial concerns first arose in the early 1990s. They started doing research on implants. And at that time they found that this breast implant illness didn't have anything to do with the implants themselves. However, more recently, there are once again, reports of these women experiencing these strange and vague, nonspecific symptoms that they believe are associated to their silicone based breast implants. And as of right now, this condition continues to be investigated and they agree that more studies are needed to make any definitive conclusions.
1: Yeah. So it's estimated that about 1% of people who get implants ultimately have this, complication or maybe consequence of it, there is a huge online community. So our guest is going to talk about sort of how she realized that she wasn't alone in this and realized that it actually wasn't all in her head as she had been told by medical professionals so some notable people in this community s club member hannah i know i think i was like a little young for it but i still remember (laughs) um as well our good friend from the famous rupaul's drag race michelle visage um She's talked about how her breast implant illness has an impact on her Hashimoto's. um, And there is actually a documentary coming out about this, which I think is super exciting.
0: Yes, I think it's supposed to come out the same day this podcast comes out. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is just so appropriate. And right after you listen to our podcast, go get your Michelle Michelle Visage documentary explant fix. I just love Michelle and I want her to be my best friend. Like she's bruised. (laughs) So we all? And I should mention, uh, cause Amanda does bring this up too, about her family history, that breast implant illness is not the same thing as breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, which is a rare type of cancer that has been discovered in more recent years as a potential complication of breast implants. And this complication has actually led to the recall of Allergan, which is a brand of breast implants Um, And this recall was requested by the FDA. Now, this rare type of cancer has only been documented in about 600 to 750 cases worldwide. But there's a notable consideration for that number. And that recent literature has shown that four transgendered women who developed this rare type of cancer following their gender affirming top surgery So if you're thinking, okay, there's only 600 to 750 people total, four of them being transgendered, that is a disproportionately high number of those people apparently obtaining this severe or more serious consequence. Now you might be wondering what is breast implant illness then? And I'll let Emma explain a little bit about the symptoms. A lot of symptoms that
1: are super similar to autoimmune diseases. It mimics things like rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, joint and muscle pain or myalgia, extreme fatigue, weakness, um, and just frequent unexplained illnesses that frequently come back with normal labs, normal imaging, but you're still experiencing these physiological things that can't be attributed to anything else. So for In general, diagnosis here, again, it's difficult, common event of implants, and then sort of everything else has to be ruled out along the way. So they'll do all the lab tests for um, autoimmune conditions. And then um, the only way to sort of treat this is an explant.
0: Yeah. And you'll notice we're kind of discussing this a little bit vaguely because it really is a vague syndrome or disease. In fact, we there's no real general consensus on how to diagnose this or how to treat it because it's still not even recognized as a real condition other than this growing number of women who say that their implants are making them sick. Now we're going to meet Amanda Smith, who is a patient who had explant earlier this year. And we know her as a member of the functional fitness community here in British Columbia. She's recently moved down to the States but she's going to share her story on discovering that her implants were making her sick up next. So if you're ready, I will start with your name and your personal pronouns that you prefer to be called by.
2: Amanda Smith. And I just prefer to she, she, Amanda.
0: Perfect. And can you tell us a little bit about when you first decided to get breast implants?
2: So in 2011, I had been, yo well, for years prior to that, I had been yo-yo dieting. And that summer of 2011, I looked at myself in a bikini and I was like, oh my God, I hate the way I look in a bathing suit top." I, from yo-yo dieting, my elasticity in my chest was all over the map. Um, I definitely needed a lift. Um, And then when you go to like the plastic surgeons and do your homework about it, they boast about being bigger. So I was like, hell yes, I'm doing this. So September of 2011, I decided to put my deposit down, pick my surgeon, uh, booked my date for December and yeah, I got them put in and they were just like Barbie doll big and I couldn't be happier. So
0: September, you decide, okay, I want to do this by December. You're on the operating table. It happens. So what kind of implants did you get?
2: I got the allergen high profile, smooth, uh, silicone implants, 375 CC in each. They were even.
0: Wow. So you're out of surgery the first, what year, two year things are great. When did you first start noticing that something was wrong?
2: Okay. So I had issues with them healing. Um, My skin wouldn't close. So that was like a first like red flag for me. Like, why are my incisions not healing properly? Like, why am I, I had a fever. Um, I think it was my left one that wouldn't close. Um, It was like, I was having issues from the start, but I didn't really think anything. I would, I thought this was just like, oh, okay. Well maybe, you know, small piece of saran wrap and a huge implant. And you know, you're trying to like fit it I don't know, but it was weird that I got an infection right away. Anyways, it went away. They healed up. I started CrossFit a few months later. Um, I would say it started at the, so exactly one year, one year of having them in. I started having um, hormonal issues. And what I mean by hormonal, I mean, my cycle was all over the map. Um, At the time I was on birth control and I just started, I'd never had an issue with birth control. Everything was fine started bleeding right through my cycles, like for months. And then, so I decided to stop birth control in general. I shouldn't be on it anyways because of my mom's breast cancer history. So I was like, all right, we're just going to get off it all together, whatever. Fast forward two months after that, I get, I've never had acne before in my life. And out of nowhere, I got uh, onset adult cystic acne, like uh, to the point where I still have scarring on my face. Um, I had to go on uh, heavy doses of Accutane. Topicals didn't work. Um, they put me on doxycycline for acne. That didn't work. Um, they tried another oral drug before we tried Accutane because Accutane has like long-lasting effects to the point where you cannot even think of having kids for at least six months after being on the drug. Um, so I was on Accutane for most of 2013, almost into 2014. I finally got control of the cystic acne. Um, I still get some like during like the last 10 years, but nowhere to the point of where it was when I mean, it was cysts. I mean, like they were, they were huge. They were like a few millimeters in diameter and like deep pockets. Um, so that was when I first started noticing things like came out of nowhere.
0: Right. But you're still thinking like, oh, okay, maybe this has something to do with my birth control. It's not at all Branded related. Hormonal, to your right.
2: Yes. I was thinking hormones,
0: right? So when did you first realize then that it might be your implants that were making you sick?
2: It wasn't until about a year and a half ago. um, I started getting like, like I started getting really bad joint pain. Like I want to say it started in 20. So I had my daughter in 2016, a few months after I had my daughter, like, again, still chalking it up to hormones. I started getting really in like insane joint pain where my knees were like giving out on me. My hips were off, um, and doctors just kept chalking it up to arthritis. Arthritis. Well, that joint pain started getting really, really, really bad, and I have tried everything. Like, I mean, I went to orthopedic surgeons, had surgery on my knee last November. Still, they're just saying you're it's it's arthritis. It's arthritis. It has to be arthritis. There's just there's nothing wrong with you. Um, And then I was sent to an rheumatoid um, specialist, and he was even like, it's not arthritis. So. I'm like, okay, why am I not getting any answers here? And then I also started getting some like uh, breast lumps. And apparently that was associated to my first augmentation, which I'm thinking, hey, this is really weird. So I've got this joint pain that no one can tell me what's going on. Um, I'm getting these lumps in my breast that is apparently scar tissue. And I'm having to go to for mammograms and additional scanning, like, okay, what's going on here? So I started digging into inflammation. And then I came across breast implant illness just randomly on Google because I was looking up like uh, breast lumps and breast pain and this breast implant illness came up. I started reading up on it and I'm like, there is a list of symptoms. Okay, go through these list of symptoms. I, no joke, had 95 percent of these symptoms Um, right up to like frequent urination, lack of libido. Um the chest pain, the anxiety that grew from minor anxiety issues to severe panic attacks, um, where I have to carry Ativan with me all the time. And again, doctors couldn't give me any rhyme or reason test to like explain why this happened out of nowhere. They're just like, oh, you're going through some stuff, it's COVID related. I'm like, sure, okay, yeah, let's blame it on COVID now that I'm getting panic attacks. So I had another mammogram August of 2020. So I go for my additional scanning and the girl's like, it's fine. It's again, you got another lump, but it's benign. It's just calcification. I'm like, okay, I need to know now, like, why am I getting these calcifications? And she just kept saying, she's like, well, it's probably from your first augmentation. I'm like, that was 10 years ago. Like, this doesn't make sense. And so I'm like, forget it. I'm getting these things taken out. I'm getting all the lumps taken out. I'm getting a reduction. I'm done. I'm done with this lump stuff. So that's when I started looking into procedures and like plastic surgeons. And that is when it all really started to like kick into full gear of this is what's happening. It's definitely gotta be my implants. There was no other explanation for it.
0: So the doctors you were seeing up until that point though, none of them suggested nope. to you, it might be your implants making nope. you sick. No,
2: no. And I've asked, I'm like, is it a possibility that this could, like my GP who knows my family history? He even said, he's like, I mean, you can get them taken out, but I, you know, it's totally preference to you. Do I think they're the cause of it? No, I don't. And I was like, great. So I'm the only one that thinks this. Like I am literally, and then you start thinking that you're going crazy. You think you're going nuts because you've now manifested in your mind that this is the reason, but everyone is telling you it can't be
1: and not just everyone but medical professionals, yes medical too, professionals 100 right? you're supposed to trust and um and this whole time the, the whole like seven years that this has gone on you've been exercising doing CrossFit, working like, out you've been healthy yeah. otherwise like
2: no problems like i like i've been staying fit i just had these yeah. like random things that started coming out of nowhere and like another thing that was happening um that no one no No one could explain. And every test, like all my blood work comes back 100% normal. I started getting these rashes and they're like patches and they look like almost like the fungus rash, but it's not because it's not itchy. It's not raised. And they would start on my rib cage and go all the way down my rib cage to the front of my belly and my thighs, but it would start. And so I didn't know what to do. I talked to my doctor about it. He's like, well, let's run some tests every single test comes back normal. Not one thing that they can, they have no idea what it is. So what do they do? Steroid cream, great. So more steroid cream, on top of taking anti-inflammatories two times a day because they can't explain the body inflammation that's going on. On top of the fact that I'm already like, I'm taking every natural sub supplement that you can take. So like turmeric, glucosamine, MSM, magnesium, anything that you can think of to help with joint pain is not working on top of taking an anti-inflammatory twice a day, now I'm on another steroid to help with these random rashes that I'm getting all over my body that no one can explain. They'll go away. And then in about three or four weeks, they come back again. And they're just like, they range from big patches to small little dot patches for years.
1: No idea. It must have been so frustrating. No, (laughs) and yeah, like,
2: you can't, like, you're being told you're fine we don't know what's wrong with you this obviously is just something your body's fighting something and it's like well no no shit no shit it's fighting something
0: can we please fix it
2: yeah exactly and like every time that I'd like I begged I so once I started doing all of my research on my plastic surgeon I'm like you know what I'm gonna go back to the guy that put them in he looks at my breasts and he's like well what's wrong with them and I'm like well I have this list of symptoms so I tell him everything he's like goes out from the implants and I'm like okay but what about the lumps well I mean that's from the first surgery so and I'm like can we just take them out like let's take them out he's like well personally I'd rather not take your money for no reason I'm like are you kidding me right now like you don't And now that I think about it more and more and more, like this doctor is not on the, like I'm part of a Facebook group for um, breast implant illness. And um, they actually have a list for all over the world of top listed recommended surgeons to do a proper explant removal. Now, I have a funny feeling the reason why he didn't want to do it was because he knew I'd probably come back in like six months or something and be like, something's not right here a proper explant is removing that capsule without removing that capsule that your body has built around this foreign object. Unless that's removed, your symptoms ain't going to go away. Um, So I have a funny feeling that's why he did not want to do it because I'm like, why is he turning down like a $15,000 surgery? Like, I don't understand. I'm willing to give this man my money to take this shit out of me. And he is turning me down that set up some red flags, which is why I kind of walked out of there and was like, I'm not going to fight for this guy to take this out.
0: Yeah. You brought up an interesting point about having to pay for it too, because yeah, it's reasonable that when you decided to get a cosmetic surgery, that that wouldn't be covered. We live in Canada, so we have universal yeah. health care, but now that you've identified that these are what are making you sick, the only way for you to get that X plan is for you to pay for it yourself out of pocket.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it's elective, right?
0: Right. And
1: when did you find out that the implants that you had that brand and um, style and everything were recalled?
2: So again being part of this uh, Facebook group on um, breast implant illness um, I joined them in January or February of this year um, uh, someone had posted like how can you find out if your implants have been on the recall list the model, the size, everything the brand recalled since 2019 2019 and I have, I went in to see my plastic surgeon, what was that? October of 2020, asking to get this shit taken out. And I asked too, are these on the recall list? He flat out said no. So unless it's Canadian FDA, which I couldn't really, I couldn't find them on the Canadian list, but the American list, there there is like hundreds, hundreds from textured to saline to the high profile silicone recalls in 2019.
0: It is so frustrating that there's a difference between Canada and America, especially for oh. us. We live, well, you, you don't live on a border town anymore, but we used to live very close to the States. Yep. How was the explant surgery then, especially like compared to when you had them first put in? Did you have a faster recovery, an easier recovery?
2: For me, my explant, the worst part about it was the drains. And I'll tell you why the drains were the worst part. So, those drains are made of silicone. Anywhere where the drain tubes touched my body, I blistered. I have scars on my torso from the tubes. And some people will argue it's because, well, the drains obviously rubbed and created a blister. And I'm like, no, they weren't rubbing. I was stationary. You can't move for two weeks. You can't even like lift your arms. You are stationary. I had my drains in for five days, like not a long time either. So there was really no chafing or rubbing considering the fact I was laying in a recliner pretty much like 20 of the 24 hours of a day. Um, yeah. So I texted my surgeon about this and she even like the next morning. So, uh, my drains had been in less than 24 hours. I got to say maybe 10, 12 hours. And even where the tape was to hold the drain in place was blistering all around. Um, so she was like, okay, so think of it this way. You had silicone inside your body And this is outside your body, just touching your skin. So just think what kind of reaction your body was having internally with this stuff. And I was like, that's a very good point. So I like, I even kept moving like the tubes. I was actively moving because I wanted to test this theory. I didn't want it to be like, oh, you're just making this up. No, like I've got multiple blister scars now all over the sides of my torso and front of my stomach from moving these drain tubes around.
0: I'm so glad you found a doctor who finally said, yes, I hear your symptoms and let's please fix them.
2: Oh, she was, she was honestly amazing. Um, she was on the recommended list for, cause I went to new Orleans and there's only two doctors in Louisiana that are on this recommended surgeon list. Um, the minute I told her everything and showed her like the rashes I was getting, I should, the photos I had to submit to her first to like do my consult actually had rashes. And I didn't even know that I had the rashes until I took the photos because I wasn't we moved from tech, we moved from British Columbia, it's like down to Louisiana. And it was just such a cluster of a move that I didn't notice I had these rashes until I took the photos and actually paid attention. I was like, so I have photo evidence from literally right before I explanted. Um, And yeah, she even said too, she's like, I've had a number of patients with these same rashes. And she showed me photos too of right before explant, these women had the same rashes on top of their chest. I was lucky to have it on below so I could hide it but some had it going all the way up onto their face um she was basic, she was very very good about it, especially when I told her about my family history um my mom actually got the uh cancer that's associated to uh implants so the textured implants and she even said she's like hands down you have got to remove the capsules and we're going to send them to pathology um anything any lumps or bumps I find I'm going to remove those right out to send those to pathology um, she was great. She was fantastic. She took everything out, texted me, checked up with me, even to this day. Like I've talked to her last week for a checkup and she's just awesome.
1: She was able to attribute like your symptoms since 2013, oh, yeah. to acne and everything. Wow.
2: Everything. She, she took a note, a uh, full list and she's like, what are your most serious yeah. ones? And I told her, I'm like, the biggest ones for me right now are joint pain. Um, that's number one. Number two, um, I was, I started, getting breast pain like mostly on my left breast um but actual like breast pain it felt like someone was sitting on my chest too um like it was really hard to breathe in the last six months like I my symptoms went from like uh they were minor to moderate to in year 10 severe severe reaction and I don't I I have no explanation for it it went from I want to say last September. Yeah. This last past September, when I made that decision to like almost exactly. So nine years, nine years was when I was like, these have to come out. And yeah, it just got worse after September, like per, like not even a little bit. I mean like each month, a new symptom showed up and none of this made sense to me until like, I got them fully taken out. I am sleeping at night. I don't have any more rashes. I haven't had a rash since I took these things out, um, to function on a normal day. I would have to drink a full pot of coffee. Like I'm not joking, 10 to 12 cups of coffee in one sitting and to function for the day. Now I'm at your regular one Yeti cup. I'm good. Um, yeah. Inflammation. I'm everything feels good. Like I do have obviously like knee pain, but I don't know if you remember when I dropped a 200 pound barbell on my knee across Maple Ridge. Yeah. That's stemming from that. But other than that, though, like my hips, my knees, my, my ankles, my shoulder, my shoulders, I feel great. Like,
0: and it's kind of amazing that it was so fast because you're not that far away from explant. Like how long ago was your surgery?
2: April 1st. The sleeping thing, the sleeping thing hit me like right away. I was sleeping through the night. Yeah. And I'm falling asleep at like 10 at night and I'm sleeping. Well, I don't need an alarm right now because I'm a stay at home mom, but I sleep until 830 in the morning. I'm totally fine.
1: What a change. Wow.
2: Like unheard of. If you would have like seen me three years ago, this
1: was. And like an immediate, like an immediate 180. Like that's. That's reassuring Cause you're like, oh, it wasn't like, this was real. I lived this and it, I wasn't in my head. No, right. it's Like my it. doctor
2: just kept chalking it up to it's your anxiety You have nocturnal anxiety. And I'm like, well, where's the anxiety coming from?
0: And I mean, you made a good point to, and when you said like, Hey, yeah, okay. I still had knee pain, but that's because I had an injury and you are able to differentiate between, okay, this is an injury or this is a training pain versus, oh, this is like, something's wrong pain. And those are yeah. different. I think that's a really good point Hillary made. Like you're an athlete, like, you know, what normal
1: delay onset muscle soreness is, you know, what a little injury from, you know, doing improper movement is. So it's really good yes. to distinguish that, you know, what that's like. And then this was just so different.
2: Oh, 100%. Like I know waking up sore. And then this was another level of, I, this wasn't soreness. This was something else. I, I hurt, I hurt bad. And it wasn't just from like my knee surgery. I just like everything hurt and I could not figure out what was going on.
0: Wow. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss this with us. It's, it really adds a personal element after spending so long, just researching it.
2: And I can honestly say that 98% of my symptoms are gone. 98%.
0: So you just heard our brief interview with Amanda. We thank her very much for her time and patience coming and teaching us a little bit more about this breast implant illness that we were learning about today.
1: Yeah, it was a super awesome interview. And I think it's a really great way to kick off the show and have a really great guest and something, again, that we don't talk about that isn't really talked about in the medical community at all. And I think it just highlights the importance of informed consent and knowing the risks with any procedure, even though it's rare, it can still happen.
0: Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head there where at least patients will have informed consent and they can make the right decisions based on their comfort level. And stay tuned because next week we'll be diving into our second subject where we get more into the brain side of health. And we talk a little bit about stroke from breast to brain. See you next week. (laughs) See you next week.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple music or Spotify and find us on Instagram or YouTube at probably not lupus.
0: Probably Not Lupus is written, recorded, edited, and produced by us alone in our bedrooms.